to HBW's Over the Counter podcast, where we chat with experts and insiders on the latest trends and issues in the beauty and wellness industries. I'm Eileen Francis, HBW Beauty Reporter. In this episode, I chatted with Aurélie Perrochet, Regional Director for Europe at the International Fragrance Association. Aurélie discussed the implications of planned revisions to the European Commission's classification, labeling, and packaging regulation, which establishes legally binding hazard identification and classification rules, as well as rules on labeling to consumers and workers. In late 2022, the Commission announced plans to revise the regulation as part of the adoption of the Chemical Strategy for Sustainability, part of the EU's Green Deal. The revision is intended to better protect consumers and help accelerate the identification of, of hazardous substances and mixtures. However, a controversial part of the proposed revision has essential oil and fragrance and flavor producers on edge. It proposes to recategorize biological materials or natural extracts under the regulation to a new category that would have them follow the same rules as mixtures. Already provided insight on the impact of recategorization but also whether the change is likely to stick once the European Council and Parliament reach an agreement as part of the legislative procedure. Thank you so much for joining us today, Aurélie. Um, we're so happy that you agreed to speak with us on this issue. Thank you, Eileen. It's a pleasure uh, to be here and to represent also IFRA for this uh, interview. So there's been some confusion about proposed changes to the Commission's draft text for revising the CLP regulation. Um, industry is concerned the proposal would uh, sort of recategorize natural extracts and essential oils and other products as more than one constituent substances, which are also called uh, MOCs. Um, and essentially, it would make them follow the same rules that mixtures follow. Um, and then the Parliament adopted a position on the CLP that seemed to ease some of that concern. Um, so I was hoping we could start with you summarizing the way that natural extracts or botanicals are categorized now under the CLP reg and why industry feels <clears throat> that it is the proper way to continue to categorize them. Mm -hmm. So indeed today, currently, these substances are classified as substances. They are not classified as mixtures. And as an industry, we feel that this is a proper way to classify them as such, given that these substances are not intentional mixtures, but a result of a composition given by nature. If you, if you had to guess, what percentage of chemicals in the EU would fall under this new MOX definition? Well, uh, a very large proportion of uh, chemical mm -hmm. substances are substances with more than one constituent. There are many substances which are only, which there are not many substances which are only made of one single constituent. Right. So this could have, this change could have a very large impact, of course. Um, can you summarize for us the Commission's proposal for this MOX category? and what you think they'd hope to achieve with this reorganization. What is their purpose in doing this, do you think? Mm -hmm. With the uh, revision of the uh, CLP regulation, the Commission has been uh, proposing these new rules, these new provisions for uh, the classification of substances with more than one constituent um, in order to apply to these substances uh, the classification rules for mixtures. 
-hmm. The objective was to uh, tighten uh, the rules for the classification of these substances. But at the same time, the Commission did not realize the impact that this change of rules for the classification of these substances would also have on the botanical substances used in perfumery, in cosmetic products. I mean, what do you think that some of those impacts could be? Well, very, very concretely, uh, this would lead uh, to the overclassification of a number of uh, what we call in the sector natural complex substances with cascading effect uh, on the continued use and authorization mm -hmm. in consumer products such as cosmetic products. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Okay. And I know the um, one concern was that, you know, the way that this this recategorization would impact would be that if an individual constituent within this mock substance, you know, was classified as carcinogenic, mutagenic, or reprotoxic, the classification would apply to the multi-consistent substance as a whole, even if the data showed the absence or less severe properties of the substance, you know, as a whole. Um, exactly. So that, that would be pretty problematic, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, and then, I mean, I guess, what are the other impacts of that? Like, would there be a lot more, you know, how could that ultimately impact the availability of those materials on the market? If you could kind of project how that could ripple out. For these natural ingredients, which are used in, yes. in consumer product, like in a cosmetic product, once we have a classification of the substance according to, to the CLP rules, this is leading uh, to some cascading effect under the cosmetic legislation. And mm -hmm. for instance, for these uh, substances which are classified depending on the hazard classes, uh, our sector need to submit a, a dossier in a very limited time frame to the SCCS mm -hmm. uh, for assessing the uh, evaluate the, the safety, uh, the safe use of these ingredients. And without such a dossier, uh, the ingredient would be banned in cosmetic mm -hmm. product. So mm -hmm. there are very direct and very dynamic links between the CLP and the cosmetic uh, regulation. This is also why it's very important to ensure a proper classification uh, from the start of these substances under the CLP. Okay. And uh, I understand the European Council's position published in June 2023 uh, called on the Commission to report on MOCs four years after entry into force of the CLP. So essentially pushing back the recategorization question, right? That kind of gives more time to revisit that issue. Yes, exactly. In June, okay. uh, the Council of uh, the Council, with all the different member states, basically decided to delete all the provisions that were introduced by the European Commission for the classification of these substances with more than one constituent. Uh, also, given that uh, these newly introduced provisions were not subject to an impact assessment before from the European Commission. So in its position, the, the, the Council uh, also added that the European Commission should be presenting a report 
uh, to the European mm -hmm. Parliament and to the Council in order to look at this uh, assessment, at uh, the information available, examine the, the state of the science in order to enable the identification um, of the information for these substances. And uh, this would also, uh, of course, guide uh, further toxicological research uh, on these substances. Okay. And then the Parliament's position adopted in October did seem to ease some of the industry's tension. Um, it said specific constituents considered in an isolated way can have hazard properties not expressed in the substance as a whole. Um, so that did seem to give some hope to industry. Um, can you summarize Parliament's position there and why it is seen as a more positive proposal uh, to industry? Mm -hmm. So early October, indeed, the uh, European Parliament adopted uh, its uh, position on, on the subject and uh, they decided to consider some specific provisions for substances of renewable botanical origin. And this term uh, aimed at covering what we call in the sector these natural complex substances used mm -hmm. in uh, cosmetics and perfumery, essential oils, plant extracts, absolutes, infusions, etc. Mm -hmm. by, by basically proposing these uh, specific provisions for these natural substances, uh, the uh, European Parliament would recognize that these substances would still have to fully comply with the CLP rules and therefore that they would have to be classified and labeled according to the CLP uh, regulation. But for uh, their classification under CLP, uh, we would continue to adopt the approach that is used today by the sector, meaning mm -hmm. that we would continue to classify them based on the rules applicable to substances and not mixtures. Mm -hmm. So this would mean in, in practice that we would have to, we could continue to use data on the individual constituents of the substance, mm -hmm. but also the available data on the substance itself for the classification of the substance. Okay. And uh, this case-by-case uh, case, uh, assessment uh, is uh, also in line with what we have at international level uh, with the GHS. The, I know um, the Parliament position also stated um, an alternate MOX provision stating that the scientific evidence on substances containing more than one constituent of renewable biotechnical origin shows that specific constituents considered in an isolated way can have hazard properties that might not be expressed in the substance as a whole. Um, and then they go on to define renewable botanical as substances obtained from living plant algae and fungi organisms. Um, and I was wondering if there is whether that that definition seen of renewable botanical seems strange like could that you know plant algae and fungi organisms could that cover you know most most of the botanicals that are used um you know and that are of concern under this regulation mm -hmm. yeah if I may comment on this one, uh, the choice yeah. of this term was 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 based on the fact that we wanted to distinguish between substances from renewable sources as opposed to non-renewable fossil resources. Mm -hmm. 
okay. uh, certain substances of botanical and uh, more generally of biological origin, such as coal or petroleum, are not considered renewable sources. And these fossil sources cannot be regenerated on a human uh, time scale. So the objective was really to cover these substances, these natural complex substances, uh, and we have a wide range of natural ingredients which are used in cosmetics mm -hmm. and perfumery products. And of course, this trend is also growing, uh, given the uh, increased uh, consumers' demand and interest for this product. Um, this term would indeed uh, encompass algae and fungi, uh, which are used uh, as natural ingredients in cosmetics and in perfumery product. Okay. In addition to uh, other uh, substances like a commonly used one, like essential oils, absolutes, uh, plant extract, infusions, etc. Okay. So overall, you think the um, do you think the, the Parliament's position is one that industry can look at optimistically? Yes, definitely. Um, we we are very happy also by the direction that uh, this negotiation have been uh, take, taken, taking uh, with this parliament approach. Uh, for us, the importance is really to to have the specific provisions for these natural complex substances. Uh, we have also uh, some uh, references uh, in uh, in some guidelines document uh, which are mm -hmm. referring to to this substance. We have the ISO norm uh, on aromatic natural raw materials. We have also some FAO IFRA guidelines under uh, Rich CLP for these substances. Uh, so we are happy to, to continue also uh, evolving and working with authorities for, for the best to, uh, term to encompass these substances in the legislation. But definitely, uh, we see it as a positive development. Oh, great. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to ask you finally about the par Parliament's position. Um, it requires an amendment that six years after the date of entry into force of the regulation, the Commission will present a report to Parliament and Council regarding the evaluation um, and classification of MOCs. Um, why do you think they included the report back on MOCs? And does this essentially uh, kind of push this question off again? Does it give industry more time um, before any kind of a reclassification would kick in? Um, how do we read that? Mm -hmm. I think this very much also follows your, your previous question, also linked to the council position, because they also had enshrined in their position uh, in June this uh, review clause for the MOX classification. So mm -hmm. similarly, uh, certainly the parliament has uh, inserted this review clause, given that these newly introduced provisions uh, were not subject to an impact assessment from the European Commission, and that mm -hmm. now we will have also to look um, uh, closely at the information available for these uh, substances and um, make sure that uh, we identify the gaps also in terms of uh, data available to continue to guide uh, this toxic toxicological research on these substances. Okay. And last question. Um, what do you think will happen um, when in the trilogue when Parliament, Council and Commission meet to reach a provisional agreement? What is your, if you had to, to make a guess as to how everything will shake out? <laughs> <laughs> so we will know more in a few days, Eileen. 
on the 5th of December, uh, there will be this trilogue okay. meeting with uh, all these institutions. So it's a, a very critical uh, moment right now. Uh, I don't have yet uh, the crystal ball in order to, to get the final decision, but they will um, they, they will normally uh, get uh, find a, a final alignment, let's say, on the CLP provisions. And we hope that uh, uh, these specific provisions for uh, substances uh, extracted from plants, this botanical extract, um, will have specific provision in the final text in relation to uh, the classification rules. Terrific. All right. Um, that is it for all of my questions, Aurel. Um, thank you so much again for your time, and we will uh, keep in touch with you and continue to follow this um, as it comes to fruition. Thanks a lot, Eileen.